Coming up tonight on your favorite podcast, Wild Card Weekend is in the books, and we've got things to talk about. I don't know if the games were compelling, but the storylines after very compelling. Zach was in Vegas taking it all in, enjoying it, going on a beer crawl. We'll have to get all the details about that when he gets in here tonight. Good dad talk. I'm sure we'll come up where the Vegas story will uh, will happen. We will also uh, break down what's next. Green Bay, obviously he gets to gloat. Zach does. Green Bay is on to the next round of the playoffs. What's next for Dallas? What's next for Philadelphia? Who fills in some of these extra coaching openings? Pete Carroll was fired after we left the quad pod last week, so we might dive back into that as well. And where do we all go from here? We'll even preview this weekend's matchup. So good stuff coming up tonight on the pod. Zach, Ryan, next. Hope you enjoy. Yeah, that's right. It's the Tim Anderson Podcast. I'm Tim. That's my buddy Rhino over there on my screen to the left-hand side. Rhino, good day to you. Howdy. How's it going? And just popping a soda or a beer or whatever it is he's popping. Uh, Fresh, fresh from his downtown pub crawl of Las Vegas, Nevada. Beautiful little vacation. The coach, the coordinator, all-around nice guy, the owner, Zach Neighbor. Hello, Zach. How's it going, Tim? Good to see you, my friend. Uh, all I could think about when you were describing your little pub crawl during the Fremont experience there was I was just picturing Kevin Harlan behind you going, there comes knee neighbor, 45-40, slips a tackle, he's into the next bar, 30, grabs an ultra, comes out of the ultra, spins around another tackle, off to the circa, and he's brought down just outside the local bar after his ninth beer. I, I tell you what, it went well. I had I had seven in by 9.30 a.m., <laughs> Um, but you know, in fairness, it is, that is a uh, West coast time. So that would have been a right. nine, you know, it's, yep. it's 10 something art. It's fine. It's 1130 your time. Yep. But I also, right. Like that's what people are like, Oh my God, you were up and at it real early. But you know, we're used to having two little boys wake us up here at, you know, sometime between five and six. So we actually slept in an hour from where we normally would <laughs> and then we're up and at him right away so fresh um, as a daisy didn't even go bloody mary to start you were just nope, going right nope. after it right away in the morning uh nope so t- i hit all 12 downtown casinos i uh, had 12 different beers at them um all of them were comped so that was an additional bonus um so I yeah it was a good down. time i gotta get downtown we'll talk about that in dad talk wifey won't let me go downtown anymore so I need to, uh, it said it's a guy's trip only to the downtown. So that's what I got to keep in mind. Rhino, keep that in mind. You should have said um, immediately deal. Like, yeah, it's, don't <laughs> even let it's, her it's in the back. It's, it's in the, it's, it's in the works here. We're okay. Yeah. Now it's now I've told her like, it's in the holster now. Now that you've said it's got to be a guy's trip. Like I am already, my brain's working. I just have to get through the 10 year anniversary at Banff Canada. And then, then we'll be on our way to, to downtown Vegas. We could, uh, we could broadcast from there, right? I mean, we could take the show on the road. I'm sure we, we could. could find a way to do that. I'm I'm confident if everybody packed their uh, their snowball and uh, we chased it all the way through uh, customs, and I had everybody had a little laptop with them or something, be easy to pull off. I think it'd be very easy to pull off. The pieces are in place. Pieces are in place. Gotta love it, uh, guys. Welcome back. Zach got to spend Wild Card Weekend in Vegas. Uh, Rhino and I got to spend it here. Uh, absolutely freezing our balls off. Uh, it has been a cold, 
cold couple of days here in Minnesota. But look at the bright side, Rhino. It's going to be 40 next week. Is that the bright side? Well, yeah. It's I mean, it's better than doing this every day. Minus 5, minus 8, minus 10, minus so 3 is, wind chills. This is the difference between you and me is I don't mind this weather. I like the cold. You know, Travis Kelsey just talked about how minus, oh God, it was, I've never, fr- I was so cold. I was cold as hell in that football game with the Dolphins. And I'm like, dude, that's, that's like every Saturday in January up here. Come on, Kelsey, get with the program guy. Like, what are you doing? So I, I, I don't know. Uh, he was a pet apparently it was too cold for, for, for Trav. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. I, I, it may be for him, but. Look, we're Minnesotans up here. This ain't that cold. It's not that bad. It's a little cold when you're not ready for it. You know, the first cold blast, whenever you get the first cold blast, you're not ready for it. You're, it's different. It's not, it's not that bad. Well, it, it's it's funny because in Vegas, right, it was uh, like a low of like 35 and the highs were 58, 59. And there's people walking around in winter jackets and <laughs> parkas. And I was, I was I wore the sleeveless hoodie one day, Ryan. I Nice. A little bit of an ode to Ryan out there. That's nice. Uh, Gentlemen, it was a, so it was a heck of a football weekend. It was a lot of football. We watched it. uh, I think we caught, I'm I'm sure between the three of us, we caught damn near every game pretty much in their entirety. Uh, We're going to talk about each game, I think, because we have the time to kind of do that. Uh, And then also set the scene. But first, before we get to the games, we left the pod last week and a lot changed in the world of football. We tried to get an emergency pod put together. We just couldn't get it done because of timing and what have you. But basically, we leave the quad pod, Rhino, and we lose Pete Carroll, Bill Belichick, Nick Saban within like 36 hours in the world of football coaching. What was, I mean, that's just got to be the wildest uh, 36 hours we've probably ever seen. Yeah, I mean, it, I don't know if we've, just a loss of legendary coaches. Uh, if it, it feels like the end of my football adolescence a little bit, yeah, uh, just like the finality of it, uh, you know, you think, you think it's players, right? When you're, you're growing up, you think it's the players that leaving you're like, God, for me, it's, you know, Peyton Manning retires. God, I'm, I'm getting old. You know, it's, I watched him my whole childhood, man, Adrian Peterson's gone. That was my, my, my teen years, but yeah, I've never known football without Bill Belichick. You know, I've, I've never, I don't have to wait long for Bill. Yeah, no, Bill, probably, Saban, right. but Saban, I think is fair for so sure. I think Saban's done. And the rumor was that it was his wife's health that, that, you know, got him to retire, that it was abrupt and, you know, they're, that they're just both getting older and he wants to be there for his wife and, and, you know, he just needed to step away. So, you know, wishing her all the best, but man, what a, what a legendary job he did at Alabama. Just, uh, just crazy, crazy good. You sure Ryan Day or Urban Meyer didn't do as good a job at Ohio State? Like, are you prepared to put their resumes up against each other? The guy, look, you're, what a dumb question. I'm sorry, but <laughs> I I love the Buckeyes, man. But Alabama's incomparable, right? Like, they're in a league of their own here. The, it's this their stretch of dominance is incredible under Saban. It is one thing that's interesting that. You know, I kind of took away from this experience. And Zach, you know this, right? Because we we watch a lot of old pro wrestling. And there's too many people that want, like, the legacy to be, oh, he should have gone out on top. I would have loved to have seen him come back and win one more national title. And it's like, you know, in pro wrestling, you go out on your back. 
you don't get to predict how you leave in this business and you, and you shouldn't. Bill Belichick's leaving at 4 and 12 and that's often how you leave. You don't get to leave on top. Uh it's really hard to do that in any walk of life. You can't call your own shot and that's just not always how it works. So I know all these people are thinking, oh, Bill deserved better or Pete Carroll deserved better or whatever. Nick Saban, boy, it would have been nice to see him win one more title. It's not always how this works, is it? And and sometimes it's a it's a tough game, but it's a, that's just the way this rolls, right, Zach? Yeah, and I, I think, you know, the, the Belichick stuff we all saw coming, right? We knew this right. was the end. Um, You know, with, with Saban and Pete, it was a little different. I, I thought Pete might have been done a couple years ago. And I think he was willing to start the rebuild over. Like he didn't, he didn't want to trade Russ and then just be done and leave it all to start over. I think he wanted to be there for part of that. And so it'll be interesting to see what happens with him. Cause he acted like he still thinks he can coach and wants to coach. Yeah. I think he makes it pretty clear. This wasn't his call, right? Like he right. kind of got pushed. And so this whole, well, we've got a spot for him in the front office. That may not last long, right? If he really wants to do it, the question is, is who is willing to bring him in knowing that he, he probably doesn't have the, you know, another 10 years left, right? If you're hiring him, you're hiring him for three or four with a succession plan, probably. It's probably like a Bruce Arian situation in Tampa, right? Where you're like, hey, I think we can win. We just need like a real coach and then... That's where we think we can get there. And it worked in Tampa Bay because you knew you weren't going to get Arians for longer than three years. But maybe it's got to be something like that. Well, there might be a few NFC East teams who think they can win it all looking for a coach. So we'll see what happens there. Not the Cowboys tonight. Sounds like uh, Mike McCarthy's staying, according to ESPN. Wow. And I, I, I texted you guys right after the Eagles lost. And said, I would probably wait out the other team and see what the other team did first. Um, I think if, right, if the other team's going to fire their coach, then I would have stayed with mine for one more year. So you think if McCarthy stays in Dallas, you fire Sirianni? Um, I th- I think, so if, if I was going to fire one to begin with, it probably would have been Sirianni just because the way things have fallen off. Um. And I don't know that McCarthy's a ton to blame for what happened, you know, on Sunday. Yeah. Um, you know, McCarthy didn't throw the pick six. He didn't drop a first down, you know, early in the game that was key. Like, there, there's a lot of things that didn't go well for them early that I don't put on the coach. Yeah, Quinn didn't necessarily have a great defensive plan, no. it looked like, because he got, he got absolutely run out. By uh, Green Bay, and and, and uh, kudos to Matt LaFleur. Like, he did a hell of a job. Uh, let's start with that Eagles game, though. Let's start there and work backwards a little bit. Um, Philadelphia does collapse at the end of the season. There's just no two ways about that. They seem to fall apart. Is this an indictment on Sirianni? Is it an indictment on Jalen Hurts? Do we maybe start to question him, or is it just about him being injured? Uh, is that team, did that just team get old fast? Like, you look at... Kelsey looks like he's going to retire, you know, Lane John, he's old as dirt Lane Johnston, you know, the Brandon Graham's getting up there pretty old. Like this team, is it just one of those things where it, all the pieces fell apart at the wrong time? Or is there something specific we can look to Zach? Um, well, I, a couple of things here. I think one, 
the quarterback is not as good as people maybe thought he was, right? He was getting a lot of hype early, and right, they had a great run a couple of years, but I just don't think he is. He's not a top five quarterback, and people were talking about him like he was the MVP at one point. I also think there's something to be said for the way they have approached the regular season and the way, you know, Sirianni likes to stomp around and 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 I I it's hard to win games in football. I get that, but man, he acts like he just won the Super Bowl sometimes when he's beaten a shitty Colts team that's coached by, you know, Jeff Saturday. Yeah. Like, let's, you know, I mean, right. He beat him like 17, 16 that year. And he took victory laps around the field and yelled at the fans about Frank Reich. And, you know, so I, I think there's something to that when you're treating every game like that, like it's, there's some mental and exhaustion that happens. I think that's fair. I think, I, well, I think that's Ryan, go ahead with that. I I just think that you know I don't know if you saw the the image that came up again today of of him taunting the Chiefs in the Super Bowl and Jalen Hurts correcting him like there there is a certain level of professionalism that should be expected from an NFL head coach you know this is the highest levels of the sport and you know I I think that if you saw that level of unprofessionalism at a high school level we'd be having questions about whether or not he should keep his job. Uh, let alone in the pros. And I, I get that, you know, there are some guys who, you know, you want to have a personality, you want to make it your own, you want to do things your way. Uh, but at the same time, there's a level of, um, there's a, le- a level of performance that needs to come with a level of professionalism that I just don't feel that he's met. Uh, and, you know, it, I'm not saying that, you know, I, don't, I don't know if it's a reflection on him as a person, maybe it is, but, you know, it, you can't be, a leader of men and have your quarterback be correcting you on, on how to behave on the sideline as an NFL head coach. It's just unbecoming. You can't have it. Jesus, Ryan, the hell's calling you in the middle of our podcast. Bat phone. The bat phone is ringing. Commissioner Gordon down to get, I get it quickly. Get on the pole. Uh, that is a good point though, that you make Ryan about him kind of being a little bit weird personality wise to deal with that. He was maybe a little immature and maybe not ready for, the bright lights, Philadelphia, tough place to coach too. And I know he tried to do this tough guy persona thing, but I think where he was really done in though, Zach, and maybe Ryan, you can confirm. So look, you lose coordinators all the time. That happens. Like good coaches lose coordinators. That that's just part of the deal, right? They become head coaches. Uh, But it, it felt like he was really hurt by the fact that he had to replace his OC and his DC in the same year. Clearly. And then to panic on Sean Desai, in the middle of the season and go with Matt Patricia felt like that shook up the entire defensive vibe. That, that uh, might be, what that was the weird thing. Job. That mid season move that also was terrible. And it felt like a panic move. I think everybody around us was like, all right, yeah, the defense is not fantastic, but let's not get crazy here. Like there's still a 10 and one or whatever the hell it was. And it's like, let's not overreact to what the, you know, what's going on here. The players are all adjusting to this system and, but yeah, to switch it midstream like this, I thought was really tough. And clearly, Shane Steichen, based on what you saw in Indianapolis, might have meant more to Sirianni than we were maybe giving credit for. I mean, Jonathan Gannon, too. I mean, yeah, it's Gannon the, coached his ass off this year. I'll give him credit in, in, the, in Arizona. Brain drain has been a real thing for, for teams like this. And I mean, you look at the coordinators that they've lost over the last couple of years. I mean, it's 
they've had probably three, four straight years of coaching upheaval in, in Philadelphia. I mean, it's some of that's overrated. I think that, you know, that's something a lot of these guys have been at this level for a while, but when you get down to that level of just losing coaches over and over and over again, you need some level of continuity. And when, when the head coach doesn't appear to be up to the task, as far as, you know, attitude, maturity and running a program, then, um, you start to have to ask the question of, well, are the guys around him good enough? And at some point you just can't overcome, you know, a, a head coach who's not, who's not ready for the job. So we'll keep an eye on him. Bottom line, uh, you think he's done, right, Zach? Um, I do think he's going to lose his job. Ryan, do you think he loses his job? Um, I, I wonder if, uh, uh, I wonder if they run it back with him one more year, but he's going to start the year on the hottest seat of the, of the league. I think uh, him and McCarthy, both um, the, the word is an hour ago from Diana Rossini that, that uh, he and Howie Roseman have been reaching out to coordinators to see who might want to come work in Philadelphia next year. Um, but I, th- I think it's going to get the window is going to shut for them quickly because of what you mentioned with the age of their players and, Sounds like Jason and, Kelsey's retiring. I mean, even on his New Heights podcast, he didn't say it, but I think we're reading between the lines here. It sounds like that's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, you're you're losing arguably the best center in football. Lane Johnson, you know, is is a huge piece of that offensive line that's probably gone. Um, you know, if if you lose the center, you know, is Jalen Hurts going to be as effective as he was before? Um, you know, that's a, it's a huge part that's going to change how you call protections and how you how you identify things uh, pre play. AJ Brown, you know, is, is he a guy that's going to try to force his way out of the offseason? The defense is getting older. It just starts to feel like maybe you've made all these trades over the last couple of years, and it, it just feels like things are starting to come home to roost. You know, you can kick the bill down the road as many times as you want, but in the NFL, the bill comes due, and you just wonder if it's coming for Philadelphia. Question on the other side, Zach, is Baker Mayfield good? He kind of needs a big contract next year, doesn't he? Don't you feel like he's one of the 15 best guys in the league? I don't know if he's that high. I think I think he'll he'll get paid something to stay there in Tampa Bay, but it won't be like the big deals. He'll he'll be paid fine. I mean, right? I mean, even the bottom level quarterbacks on their second contract are getting paid pretty well, so he's not gonna be hurting for money. I think I think there's something to be said for, um, just some consistency for him too that'll help. I mean, he's like I think they showed like coming in. He's played for eight head coaches already. Yeah. It's a lot, yeah, right? What includes, did they say? Yeah. That includes a couple of interim guys, but that's a lot. Yeah. Plus all those OCs too, right? Like, right. yeah, on top of it, who all the different OCs that they've probably changed out in those situations. I mean, yeah, I think they mentioned it. It was Hugh Jackson, Greg Williams, Freddie Kitchens, Kevin Stefanski, Matt Rule, uh, Steve Wilkes, then Sean McVay, now Todd Bowles. I mean, we're talking about a guy who's only been in the league like what five years? That's pretty crazy. Yeah. the The interesting question, right? And we've talked about like, should you stick with guys longer and things like that? Where would the Browns be if they had stuck with him? Mm. Not given up any picks, had this defense. I mean, it's an interesting conversation to have. Yeah, because you wonder, does he stunt his growth if he stays there? Like maybe that, that there is such a thing as maybe too much water under the bridge in a location and a change of scenery. But then you think about Carolina, 
you know, what if Carolina stays the course? Okay, fine. Cleveland gives up on them. They move on. But if you're Carolina and you feel like, you know what, Baker may not be uh, amazing, but we can ride this. We don't have to trade the farm away for Bryce Young. Maybe we take some really good, talented players with our picks, hang on to our picks, and now this year they could be looking at, you know, a reasonable draft pick instead of giving it away to the Bears and being in this hell where they don't have a coach, owners out of sorts. Um, you know, they fired how many coaches and how many years? It's it's not gone well. I mean, basically counting interims, they're going to be on their fifth coach in three years. So that's it's not a good situation in Carolina. But what if you stay the course? What if you stayed the course with Baker Mayfield in there? Might be something different. Credit Todd Bowles and they they wrote it out with Baker Mayfield. He didn't have great games, but they wrote it out. They gave him the whole season, and they're getting the fruits of their labor here with that first round playoff win. Ryan, I know you're not a Baker guy, but you got to be a little. You got to be a little happy for him, right? Look, I'm I'm happy that he's having some success, right? I don't I don't begrudge him his success. I I do begrudge him having uh, planted the flag at midfield for at Ohio State, but that was years ago, and I'm over it. Um, Good gracious. <laughs> You know, I just it all can't, comes back to Ohio State. It does. Can't, can't disrespect the can't disrespect the the shoe, but uh, you weren't uh, you 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 were a big fan of him when he was shotgunning beers at Guardians games. Yeah, I mean, hey, any you go to a baseball game, you got to have a beer. That's the rule. I don't right? think you have I mean, to shotgun the beer, but uh, but yeah, I don't know. I you get out to a, a Guardians game, and that might be the rule out there. I I don't know. Like, Cleveland's a weird place. You got to tell me how, why, what the deal is with the shotgunning of the beer, because I don't understand the what the deal is. You, what do you bite a hole in the bottom or you cut a hole in the bottom, pop the? T- I mean, what does that yeah. make you drunker? Is that how this works, or no, like how does that down, even go? You get it down faster, and there's no there's no air because you just you pop the top and it it flows out. Really? Yeah, you you eliminate the vacuum in there. You know, it's, oh. it just creates a it creates a flow. Zach, you should have tried that when you were on the uh, Fremont experience yesterday. I, I only had bottles. Oh, you only. <laughs> there, were, there were a couple that were tap, I guess, but there were no cans. No cans. So no, no shotgunning cans. was, was nope. part of the deal. So Philly is out. Tampa is in. Um, we don't need to spend a ton of time on Buffalo Pittsburgh, other than the fact that nine feet of snow fell in like two days again. And I don't know why the hell people would live there. And they're going to be a lot better off when that dome stadium is built in Buffalo because uh, they won't have to have people at $20 an hour going and try to shovel out their seats. Uh, but Josh Allen looks really good, and this is going to be tough for the Chiefs to go on the road and win this game. Am I right, Ryan? I mean, I think arguably the bigger story has been the resurgence of their defense. I mean, they they have the last, was it the last four or five weeks, they've been a, a top five unit. And, and that's kind of what they were missing for a while this season is there, there were a lot of question marks defensively. And a lot of that came from Josh Allen throwing picks when he shouldn't have been throwing picks and, and making some questionable decisions and giving him short fields and not protecting his defense. But, you know, they, they seem to have answered a lot of those questions. I think Allen is, is still going to be susceptible to force the ball and make some mistakes. Um, but I, I mean, it, this comes down to the Kadarius Tony offensive offside. Otherwise this game would be, be played in Kansas city this weekend. And I think that might be the edge to Buffalo. You know, Kansas City has to go to Buffalo to play. I mean, that's a huge deal in the playoffs here. And then it comes down to that offside penalty. I mean, it's that's going to get talked about a lot this week, I think. As I say, just when you thought you could forget about that, it's right back. 
Uh, your thoughts on Buffalo, and also if you want to talk Pittsburgh a little bit, like it sounds like Tomlin's coming back uh, for his 18th season. That seems interesting. But uh, what do you make of all of that game? I, I would bring Tomlin back. I, don't, yeah. I mean, I don't understand why people would want to push him out. They're consistently winning football games and in the playoffs, and he's won a Super Bowl. But I mean, like I just sometimes people's expectations are off the wall. I think. Yeah, they got to get the quarterback right. I mean, I understand that, yeah. but it's you know. But that's, hey, whatever. He he won he won ten games with Kenny Pickett, you know Mason Rudolph and uh, Mitchell Trubisky. Yeah, right. Those are the guys that started this year. So I mean, if you want to rip them for starting Trubisky for a game or two, I guess you could. But um, the reality is, is he's doing a lot with not a whole lot. You know, he's he's winning games with not great talent and he does it consistently. Now I do think he's a little loose on things. I think that um that's why you see some of the the things that have come out of Pittsburgh over the years. Um but it, it seems to be working for him. And I guess my, right if you're going to fire him who else are you going to get? That's true. You know, that I mean that's that's the facts, right? And and that's just not the Pittsburgh way. They just don't fire coaches. They just don't. Yeah. And and that's the one advantage, right? If some to someone would going there would be like, Hey, like, right. Tomlin, I think would be out after 17 years and he might be the shortest coach they've had. Yeah. How long? Yeah. Cower was there for almost 20 years. So that's, there's some like, you know, advantage to that. But I also think that there's also a case to look at it and go, uh, he got fired after he won 10 games with that quarterbacking crew. Like, what am I going to do next year? With well, exactly. Him, you know, so I, I think there's that's not a, a hugely desirable job. So I think bringing back Tomlin for another year is a good idea. The one thing with Pittsburgh is they don't spend money though in free agency on quarterbacks. They never really have. They've never brought in a guy um, or, or or anything like that. They've always tried to do it with this sort of piecemeal approach. Whether it was Neil O'Donnell or Cordell Stewart or Tommy Maddox, until they found Roethlisberger, it was always this as the formula. Uh, I mean, so you don't think they're going to go out in free agency and try to sign a Kirk Cousins or somebody like that? I think they need to run it back with Pickett again next year. Okay. I, You know, like, if you look at his, the games that he quarterbacked and that he played the whole thing, he has a pretty successful record. In the fourth quarter specifically. He's very good in the fourth. Yeah, and so I know he's a little pissy right now, right? I think he skipped their final media day. Um, but you know, I mean, he, I don't know. I th- I think they need to try to go one more year with it and see what they've got with him before they just cut bait on this. I don't think it's time to do that there. Okay. I, I also I, think I guess that I would invest yeah. another draft pick on it. Well, yeah, you always want to bet you, because you're a draft, a quarterback, a year guy. Yeah. But I, right. Would you, I wouldn't want to waste a high one if I've got him there. Still under the no, rookie contract, and you know, um, and you're not picking till late round one anyway. You're not getting right. one of those superstars, right? So then you're talking about you know you're getting Bo Nix in the second, or I don't know. I so I just don't think it's the right time. Run it back another year, and and see where you're at, right? You want you can draft someone late if you want and see if you catch some lightning in a bottle, right? With Brock Purdy type situation, um, sure. But you don't. I wouldn't go into this as a starter next year with my fourth round quarterback or something. I I think you got to go one more year here and find out really where they're at. I think their bigger need is on defense. Uh, 
they they desperately need an infusion of talent in the front seven, especially at the linebacker position. Um, I mean, I, those the linebackers that they had playing playing this week were atrocious. They looked bad the entire game. Uh, they're just they're in a they're in the wrong position. They're they're getting fooled in coverage. Uh, they're they're not they don't look like professional linebackers out there. And and you think back to where the things kind of turned for the Steelers here, from you know relative success to mediocrity. They really haven't had an elite linebacker since Ryan Shazier uh, and and that injury that he sustained on Monday Night Football uh, in that game against the Broncos. And and Bengals. you kind of wonder, oh, it was, it was the Bengals, Bengals. you're right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it, but the 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 point is that they, they need to infuse some talent into that defense. Defense has always been the identity of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mike Tomlin's a defensive coach. They're they're going to need to find a run-stopping nose tackle here because Cam Hayward is is done. He's cooked. Uh, he's, he's old. He, he, he can only play part of the game right now. And they were, they were mentioning it on the broadcast that when he was out of the game, Buffalo was running the ball and they were running it with success. And for, for Pittsburgh to win these games, they're going to need to start to stop the run, especially with who's in their division. Baltimore can run the ball. You know, uh, Cleveland can run the ball. Cincinnati can run the ball. Yeah, you have to be able to stop the run if you're Pittsburgh to make sure that you give Kenny Pickett a chance to win and protect your offense a little bit. And that starts with nose tackle in your middle linebackers. And they just haven't had requisite players at those positions for a handful of years. The other thing with Kenny Pickett is the fans are getting antsy because they haven't won a Super Bowl since 2005. They haven't been to a Super Bowl since 2010. I mean, this, or I'm sorry, they, they went in, in well, that year against the Packers. Was that 2012 uh, when, when the Packers beat them? Yeah, Zach but would know they, that one. They, but that's, I mean, we're looking at, you know, every decade they've had relative success, and it's been more than a decade since the Steelers have been there. And there, there's an expectation in that city that they're going to be there, and they just haven't been. So the, the questions and the impatience are going to start to arise. So fans need to be more patient with the Pittsburgh Steelers here. While they, they're doing kind of a competitive rebuild uh, of, of their own here, like the Vikings are, where, you know, this is kind of how Pittsburgh's always done it, right? They, they don't bottom out. They don't become one of the worst teams in the NFL. They're consistently good, if mediocre, right? But they're always there. And they, this is the model that that teams like Minnesota are trying to follow is this consistency Pittsburgh model, and fans just got to recognize that, and they got to be more patient with the team. I think what they got to do is they got to get smarter with the OC. They got to go out and get a young hot shot OC. You know, get somebody who's aggressive. I, I will say that's when they've had their most success is when they've had good OCs to support these defensive coaches, whether it was Todd Haley or whether it was you know, Bruce Arians way back in the day or whatever, they have always had really quality, you know, when they've had success, they've had quality offensive coordinators and they haven't had that in recent years with Matt Canada or Randy Feekner or whatever. They need to get like a real OC, you know, a young guy with fresh ideas who can help the quarterback along. I think that'll, that'll nurse them along. But meanwhile, Buffalo and Kansas city are playing next week. We'll preview that in a minute. The Kansas city Miami game to me only revealed that Miami's a pansy ass team, that they're not a tough team. And as much as I like McDaniel and as much as I think he's a good offensive mind, he doesn't, I don't bet on him in a playoff game because I don't think he coaches a tough guy style of football that wins in January, unless he has home field. Zach, what do you, what say you? Uh, Yeah, they looked uninterested. They did not 
like to tackle at all in that weather. Um, and I think he's maybe been a little bit overrated. Um, you know, he his his leadership style is interesting. We'll call it that. Um, and I just I don't know that you can buy them ever right now. I mean, I, I it's exciting to watch. It's fun football to watch for the most part. But I don't know that you can put your money on him at any point. That seems to be the case. And I'll and I'll be honest, like I it goes beyond him, right? I I two is fine, but he's not great. Mm. Um you know, there are other things they do. Like, I mean, Tyreek Hill's the star. He is. But I, I, think he, I don't know that they have anyone else that is, you know, that moves the needle. Ryan, you might, you know, list off a third string D tackle or something that we're forgetting <laughs> about, but well, look, Ty, you're right that Tyreek is the star. Uh, all of their other guys are are pretty young, right? I mean, it, you can you can talk about Jalen Waddle. Uh, you know, he he didn't have the impact this year that Tyreek did. Obviously, he's going to get overshadowed, but you know, he you have to account for his speed. If if Devin Achain stays healthy, I mean, he's a home run threat from the running back position. Mostert was a good running back, but he couldn't stay healthy. I mean, their their biggest issues really stemmed from inconsistency. And if a team can lock down Tyreek Hill, no one else really stepped up. I, they're, they're a team that's built on speed and cold kills speed. And you went to Kansas City when where it was dead cold and you got beat because it was cold. So I, that's kind of what we're looking at here is, is, a, is a team that just is built to play a certain way that just can't play anywhere else. And, and they they can't they they there's no flexibility to their style, which you think there would be considering their coach and how creative McDaniel is. But the way that team is constructed, the way the quarterback plays, there's just no there there beyond what what you see. So if if you have a team that can figure them out or a team that can that can mitigate their 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 strengths at all, they just don't have the flexibility to change their game plan. Yeah, I think, you know, we look at some of it and go, okay, they had a lot of opportunities down the stretch where they could have won one more game and won the division, right? That's true. They had the Bills in the last game of the year. They lost at home to Tennessee, you know, in in December. They lost at home to Buffalo in December, right? They got spanked in Baltimore. But I think those are right. Like we're we're get, I think you're giving them too much credit. I guess is what I'm saying, right? You're tired. Well, they got cold and they got beat, but they got beat at home in decent weather too. You know, it's good teams. I, I also think it's important to note that defensively they sustained a number of key injuries. Yes, they um, didn't have any linebacker play at the end of the year. Yeah, and, and they had and, no pass rushers. Yeah, they're pass rushers. They're linebacker guys. Yes, they they were missing something like. 25 sacks, I think, going into the playoffs. Yeah, I think that's what and, they said. And in addition to that, they were missing Xavier Howard for the last three years of the three weeks of the, of the year. Um, and I mean, he's their outside of Jalen Ramsey. He's their number two corner. Uh, and I mean, they're really one and one a in in Ramsey and Howard. They're both Pro Bowl caliber corners. And to lose one of them, you you give up the whole half of the field. And teams know they have to throw against Miami anyway. So yeah, I just, like if you look back at their schedule. Right, they have one. They're they're legit when they beat Dallas. Yeah. Right, but other than that, 
there's, there's and we were we were saying that all year that they just yeah. they just can't beat good teams. And then yeah. and then we and we bought in a little bit after the Dallas win, you know. But like you look at the rest of their schedule, like you know they lost to the Bills, they lost to the Ravens, they lost to Tennessee, um, they lost to Kansas City, right? They lost to Philadelphia, lost to Buffalo again. So they didn't, they didn't lose to any like they lost to good teams. But they didn't really beat any of those good teams, right? And they yeah, you kind of got to beat three. somebody there, right? You do. And is that an indictment on – now, yeah, I think we all agree that, yeah, McDaniels is a pretty good X's and O's guy, but maybe hasn't quite figured out the playoff formula yet. Tua, I give him credit, Zach. Like, he played every game. And I think going into the season, Ryan and I both thought in the over-under podcast that that could be its feast or famine depending on whether or not the quarterback survives the year – and he did survive the year, but is he the answer there long term in your mind? I think they're going to stay with him for a while here and and see what happens. I I think I do give the coach credit because like we're like okay, you didn't beat any great teams, but they beat the teams they should, right? For the most yep. part, right? They yep. beat all those lesser teams. I think you'd like to see him. The one that's frustrating is the Tennessee loss, but they could have been. Right, and that's the thing, right? You could have been at home, not in the cold. And I don't know that they beat Kansas City there either. Yeah. Right? Like, that. I'm not convinced that that's the only reason why they lost that game. I mean, but who knows, right? You know, they lost Kansas City earlier at Kansas City as well. So, um, it it just, it's it's frustrating because, I mean, it, it could be fun to watch Right, if they if they were playing multiple rounds, like you'd be into those games, hundred percent. Um, but not they're they're. I think we're gonna have some real questions going into next year. I completely yeah, I agree with that. Uh, Ryan, should we should we let Zach have a moment here? Should we start talking Dallas Green Bay for a minute? Uh, do I need to take my headset off? Hey, first let me just Ryan. I'll give you a chance, one more chance to apologize to C.J. Stroud. Full mea culpa, C.J. Stroud's the greatest quarterback in uh, Ohio State history. Will you say that? Yep. Will you say I, that you were wrong listen, with C.J. Stroud? Stop, 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 stop. Better than Kirk? <laughs> Kirk didn't go to Ohio State. Kirk, Kirk Herb Street. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, he's he's way better than Herb Street. Um, Arch Schleister? Is he better than Arch Schleister? Here's the thing. In my zeal, and I'm, I'm going to defend myself a little bit here before I, I apologize, and I am going to apologize. You're going to rare Ryan Nelson can't apology on the podcast. Here. Wow, this is huge. Uh, in my in my zeal, my my deep hatred for Ryan Day, uh, I laid some of the blame at the feet of C.J. Stroud, and the fact of the matter is, is that I was wrong. The kid's a gamer. He can play. He He's competitive. He can sling it. Everything that I thought about him was wrong and was informed by my belief that uh, Ryan Day cannot coach aggressively to save his life, which I stand by. And I think I was proven right yet again this year on Ryan Day. But C.J. Stroud was not the problem at Ohio State. C.J. Stroud balled out against Georgia. He balled out all year this year in the NFL. He absolutely, absolutely decimated that Cleveland Browns defense, who, as good as they were this year, were 
dog shit on the road. They were dismantled uh, on that game uh, Saturday. That was that was as thorough a beating by a, a rookie quarterback as I think we've ever seen in the playoffs. Um, I apologize sincerely to CJ Stroud. <laughs> I apologize to the Houston Texans. Uh, I was wrong. I bet that hurt. I bet that hurt to do, Ryan. It didn't. Uh, it feels good because I'll tell you this. I, I've decided. I've decided that. Uh, and I, I said this when the game was close. I because I had just found myself cheering for them. I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna stick with the the Houston Texans as my second team here. I love Stroud. I think he's he's fun to watch. I think you're in on the ground floor, as they say. Second round of the playoffs. Floor. You're in on the ground uh, floor. I'll. You know. I, I will. I will own it. And I'll say I was wrong, and I will continue to pull for the for the Houston Texans to win games. Congratulations, Ryan! A, ho- a nice apology segment. Good job. Thank you, Zach. I turn it over to you. The Green Bay Packers are in round two of the playoffs. This is your time. The owner, uh, care to step to the microphone and offer up your full support of Joe Barry, your full support of Matt Lafleur. Uh, Fifteen years of great quarterback play to come with Jordan Love. Uh, Go ahead, my friend. The floor is yours to, to gloat. You earned it. Listen, I'm not the kind of guy to say I told you so, <laughs> but I told you so. Right? And you can run it back to what was it, like maybe week five on the pod when I said, listen, we're all excited about the Cowboys right now, but they're in that cycle, right? And they're going to lay an egg in the playoffs. <clears throat> and then you go that. back and listen to the quad pod. And I said, this is the worst case matchup for the Cowboys. Yep. Right? McCarthy doesn't want to see the Packers. The Cowboys don't want to see the Packers. It's been the boogeyman for them for years. And oh my God, did those floodgates open. Right? And in that, that first drive when they went right down the field, um, the Circus Sportsbook was going wild. <laughs> right? They were, there was, there was, I mean, that was the main event this weekend down there it really was it really was that was the game that everyone was there for right i mean the place was packed but there was standing room only you know five six rows back of the sports book yeah if you've ever seen the sports book at circa right it's huge right it's like a movie theater and that's the adult only casino there right like there's no there's no running around there's no no kids no water park it's all like grown-ups there yeah circa and um el cortez i believe are both 21 plus all the time but you never, you don't really see kids like in the casino really ever. You see them, you know, run around outside or maybe at the pool or something. But yeah, it was so the place was packed. Um, and man, did I mean those floodgates open in a hurry? And, and my brother was texting me. My brother's not a Packers fan. Um, but I mean, it, when they went up fourteen nothing, he he texted me. He goes, he goes, if they don't score here, this is over. Right? He's, yeah. he's like, this this is it. And sure enough, they got another stop, you know, then they get the pick at the end to really put it away before half. Um, And so, yeah, you know, there's a lot of scoring in the second half and the Cowboys, you know, made it look a lot closer than it was. But that game was never in doubt. No doubt about that. And I talked about this the night before with my guys over in our poker game on the Saturday night. My guy, Bob, who I love dearly listens to the pod, I think occasionally said, 
quote. Now he might have been on some some medic some something at the moment. I'm not sure what it was specifically, but but he said there is no chance Green Bay has over Dallas. Literally no. And I go, no chance, no chance at all. There's, nope, none. There's no. They're not that. He's like they're they're they barely got in the. There are. They are a, a one one or two plays away from not even being in the playoffs, and we're talking about them like they're going to beat Dallas. And I'm like, you can't say no chance. Jordan Love's playing his best football. Um, clearly what they were doing, I, th- I think like, I don't know if it was Chris Sims that pointed it out, Zach, but all the motion stuff that LaFleur does clearly just absolutely baffled Dan Quinn and the defense. Like, just weren't ready for those offensive adjustments that they made. And Dallas doesn't do those things. They were pointing out Dallas doesn't really do a lot of motion and do a lot of uh, stuff that gets receivers going in different places and stuff like that. And they weren't ready for what Green Bay was throwing at them. No, and that's that's a hallmark now of what LaFleur wants to do, right? And that's what I think he wanted to do when he came in. But there was some overruling with Rodgers and what Rodgers wants to do and playing to his strengths. Because Rodgers likes to get lined up and look at everyone and then get into the perfect play. Right. Right. And so you can't be motioning late and doing some of that stuff with that, where I think they're using some of those motions and, and movements to create different matchups and abilities. And it really took off mid year, right? We talked about it. Like they just didn't seem to be scheming guys wide open. Um, and they're scheming guys open now. I mean, loves making some great throws too, some pretty ridiculous ones, to be honest. But guys were wide open. But there are guys wide, wide open, open too. Yeah. Oh, well, especially this last game. Yeah. So, um, you know, a lot of fun. Um, a lot of sad cowboy fans <laughs> in Vegas Sunday night. Um, you know, has anybody done a wellness check on Jesse? I yeah, I did. We did do a wellness check on Jesse. We checked in on him on Sunday and he goes, Yeah, I had to turn the game off at halftime. I think I have his exact text, but yeah, we checked in on him. We wanted to make sure he was okay. He knew it was coming. He basically said, I knew it was coming. Uh just I felt it the entire time all week. I just said, This isn't going well, this isn't gonna end well. Basically, that's what ended up happening. A tough, uh, a tough situation. So I guess Quote, two, two of us were seeing it clearly then. Yeah, <laughs> he's not a Cowboys fan, is he? Oh, Jesse's a huge Cowboys fan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he, yeah, he was. Here we go. I, we got it. Um, of course, my guy Nick. You know, our guy Nick in the fantasy league comes in with hard to win with two hands around your throat. Really hard yeah. to win games with that. Jesse comes back with. I turned it off at fourteen nothing. I knew it. <laughs> and then that was it. We didn't hear from him for a while. He comes back in with. Uh, uh, He's like, Utah State's finest, Jordan Love. I always wanted him to make it, just not not like this. Not today. <laughs> so good stuff from Jesse. We've checked in on him. He's okay. Uh, but, yeah, a tough time. But a great win for your Green Bay Packers. And now the thing is, they got to go play San Francisco. Yes, that's true. But you can't rule them out, right? They're definitely underdogs. Yeah, but they were laying. You can't say 10. they have no chance, right? They were laying 10 when we... Uh, when the line first dropped in Vegas, ten. Yeah, I think it dropped to nine and a half before we left. Uh, you know, I'll say this, right? Like, I I don't expect them to go in and win this one. Um, but right, Jordan Love has a chance to go in and do the most hilarious thing ever. Right? I mean, because Favre could never get past the Cowboys. 
Yep. Right. And Rogers struggled with the Niners. And if he goes out and beats those two back to back, he slays all the demons in one year. I mean, they might as well put a statue of him outside the stadium right now. Yeah. And get, get another street named after. I mean, all the coaches that win Super Bowls get a street named after him in Green Bay. LaFleur hasn't won one yet, but you might as well at least start getting him like in a cul-de-sac or get him, get get him something like that. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, it'll, it's fun, right? Like they're still alive. I've said it for a while now. They're playing with that house money. Um, you know, so we'll, we'll see what happens. Right. I mean, they're, they're obviously underdogs. Um, they have a puncher's chance. They always do, but they're going to have to play their best game, right? They're not, they're not going to win this one, not playing their best game. Uh, I say we do some picks of the next round since we're right there. Why don't we just start right there? Do you think, uh, are you, will you take, will you have the guts right here on this pod, Zach, to take green Bay to beat San Francisco in round two? Uh, no, if I was, if I was going to bet on this one, heads up, I would take San Francisco. Rhino. Yeah. I'll also take San Francisco. It's kind of hard to root against. It's hard to go against uh, San Francisco right there. I, th- I just think they, they seem like they're too good, but boy, it's been a, if, if green Bay keeps it close and makes it a fun game, I think that would be great. I, I can't wait to see that game. That should be a lot I, of fun. I just think d- defensively, they're so much more consistent than Dallas is. Um, and I, I just don't think that Green Bay matches up nearly as well against San Francisco as they did against Dallas. I think you're right. I think you are absolutely right about that. Let's, uh, hey, well, I should ask you, we didn't, we guess we didn't talk Detroit. We should, we should say something about no, Detroit. We can, we can move on. What? Oh, we want to move on? We can move oh, on. Okay. No Detroit. No, De- Detroit will be in our picks coming up here in just a second. I, I, I'll say this about Detroit, right? A lot of fun to watch them win. Yeah. Um, it looked like a great atmosphere. Um, I also am not going to shed a tear for Matt Stafford's wife. Uh, <laughs> um, God, that woman loves to be the center of attention. She loves it. Loves herself. And Stafford seems hey, like a hey, decent they guy. Her kids. Yeah. So what? Get, you know, get over it. Don't bring your kid to the game. Well, my question is how, do, how does she know? Like what makes her say they're booing her kids? She doesn't know. You know what I mean? Like, like, oh, I was walking on the field and they were booing. Well, yeah, they might have been booing you, right? And they might have, but like, I don't think they're directing it at your kids, right? Yeah, was she thinking, oh my God, they would never boo me, so they must have been booing yeah. my kids. <laughs> and if they were, you know what? Like, if you were just getting booed, like, that's fine. Like, Who cares? We, yeah, everybody gets booed. So soft on some of those, like, sport things, you know, I mean, right? With the Popovich thing, like, we don't boo people here. Like, sure we do. If we're, if we're just booing people, like, that's not the end of the world. Yeah, I don't want the clown from Philadelphia throwing his popcorn at Sirianni in Tampa. I saw that footage where he had to get removed by security. At the end. You're done, Sirianni! You're done! And he throws the popcorn bucket at him, and it's like, uh, yeah. yeah those those yeah. guys need to be removed from the game. But if you're just booing, I don't care about yeah. that. Boo all day. All right, he so couldn't a, have been any more of a stereotype, by the way, Ryan. I know you love your Philly fans. Couldn't have been any more of a Philadelphia stereotype. You're done, Sirianni. You're all done here. There, there's our Lions talk. All right, Lions talk done. So we all have we all have San Francisco winning. Let's take the other one. Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay on the road at Detroit. Boy, this fell perfectly for Detroit, didn't it? They beat the Rams. Now they get to have a second home game, and they get to take on uh, the, the the team that a lot of people thought was maybe the weakest one outside of maybe Philly heading into the playoffs, and that's the nine and eight Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Ryan, where do you see this one? Uh, 
I want to say that I think Tampa has a has a decent shot at this game. Um, but I, I just think Detroit's too good at home. Um, and and I, I uh, <laughs> here comes the pain. The pain. It's not pain. I, it's just a, a trying to make a decision, right? Because I think that Tampa does a a, a good job offensively of just creating chaos. Uh, and I don't trust Detroit's defense, right? I think that, uh, you know, it, you're you're riding the high of a really close win against a Rams team that I think was probably was probably underperform. You know, it, just the, the Rams probably didn't belong in the playoffs, right? No, looking at their resume throughout the year, uh, I don't think that was a very good team, and you still nearly lost. Um, I think. If, if you were asking me to pick heads up between the Rams and the Bucks, I take the Bucks. Um, I just think offensively they can do a lot more damage than than LA was able to do, and I don't trust Detroit's defense. But Detroit's offense is so good. Um, I think it depends on how Jared Goff plays that the the Bucks defense can force more turnovers and more pressure. Bucks defense than, is good, legit. Yeah, than, than the Rams. Um, my gut tells me to go with the Bucs, but my head says go with the Lions, so I'm going to take the Lions. Zach, what do you think? I also think you have to go with Detroit in this one. Um, I, I'd i like to see Tampa win it. Um, but I don't know. I just, I can't, I can't, like Ryan says, like there's there's a piece of you that like wants to believe in the Detroit thing. But, like, I can't convince myself all the way that it's a sure thing. I mean, it should be, right? They should win this game. Yes. Right? And we and we talk, you know, we talk about, like, remember, right, they had their two-point play that got wiped away or whatever. Um, But if they make that two-point play, right, they were the two-seed and would have had a chance to host this game anyway. But then, again, who knows, right, if they have to play Green Bay because Green Bay beat them once before. So, yeah, this all fell well for them. I think they're going to win it. I think they're going to be there. uh for the NFC title game. Yeah, this has kind of a Cincinnati vibe from a couple years ago where everybody's like, wow, like it's the Bengals, right? The Bengals aren't going to win these games. And then they just kept winning all the way to the Super Bowl. Um, I'm not saying the Lions are going to go to the Super Bowl, but I am thinking like, you know, I think the run continues. I do. I just think they've got a different vibe to them. And yeah, the crowd is totally with them. It's kismet right now. And I wouldn't be surprised if they win. I'm going to take them. I threw this at Ryan, Zach. I don't know if you believe me on this because Ryan... Ryan, I think, and I went back and forth on it. It's a good discussion. Basically, from the moment Kirk left his Achilles on the ground at Lambeau Field, the Vikings went, I think, from maybe being the most optimistic team going forward to the least optimistic because you think about it. The two teams that they were beating, the Lions, or at least they had beaten traditionally in the past, the Lions and now this Packers team with love, they were pounding them at Lambeau Field. Uh, You go from, hey, we we think we're better than these guys, to now both those teams are in the divisional round of the playoffs and the Bears have the number one pick. Are the Vikings maybe the least optimistic team of the NFC North going forward? Ryan says no, and Ryan gave a good case as to why. What do you think? Um, I, I, I'm most optimistic about Green Bay. Yeah, Weird. I think they're the most optimistic, but what about are the Vikings the least optimistic all of a sudden? Yeah, I, I well... I think it's hard to be optimistic about a lot of things in Minnesota right now because there's so many questions, right? We, we, we might be optimistic about them in four months here after the draft. I think that could be fair, right? That's when, true. When we see how some of this stuff shakes out, 
Um, but it's difficult, I think, to get too excited about anything there. Um, although I did, so I did, I told you my sixth graders were, um, a little mouthy today. Right. So I, I was gone until today and, you know, I came in like, Oh, your green Bay is the luckiest team ever. And I'm like, guys, it was 27 rip. Were you watching? Like, you know, they didn't, they didn't get lucky at the last second, you know, and then they're, well, you're going to get blown out by San Francisco. I said, Oh yeah. I'm like, who do you guys play this weekend? <laughs> and, and the kid hit me back with, well, yeah, but at least we're going to have a good draft pick this year. And I did, I looked at him and I just said, I hope you get used to saying that because you're going to say it a lot for the rest of your life. Well, at least we've got a good draft pick. <clears throat> and I just kind of laughed and I told him, I said, I said, we will be discussing you on the podcast tonight. Oh, I love it. And poor Ryan is just having to sit here and eat this Viking stuff. So oh, these sixth graders can't Look. represent you. Here's the, no, they can't because these kids are still learning. Uh, They have hope and optimism still. Their souls haven't been crushed yet. They don't know. Uh, (laughs) Their souls haven't been crushed, you know, on the 25th anniversary of. uh, Oh, Gary Anderson. This is the 25th. Oh my God. These kids, look, they were, they're in sixth grade now. Yes. So what, they're, they're 12 years old. Yep. (laughs) Which means that they were. I'm sorry, what, like uh, five, six years old in the Minneapolis Miracle, right? The greatest moment of your sports life. They, they Not, not. Uh, it was one of. One of. Uh, uh, they don't know about 2009. They don't know about 41 Donut. They don't know about 41 they Donut. They don't know about Teddy Bridgewater's knee left on the, the Winter Park turf. Yeah, that they just absolutely they exploded. They don't, they don't know about uh, uh, the love boat. They don't, they don't know, know about Dante's knee the, being left at the uh, Carolina right. field. <laughs> they, don't, they don't know about, about Dante Culpepper's knee. They don't know about Randy Moss getting traded to the Oakland Raiders. Yeah, they, they don't, don't know, know about Troy about, Williamson and his, uh, his slippery hands. They don't know about uh, about 98 and Gary Anderson. Uh, they, don't they don't know about Demetrius Underwood. And they, don't, <laughs> they don't know about Ontario Smith and the Wizenator. <laughs> they don't. Herschel Walker. They don't know Herschel Walker. They don't know about star caps and, and the Williams wall. So uh, they, they don't know. They don't know. They just, they just uh, don't know. But, but let me, let me give you my case for why I'm optimistic about the Vikings here. I'll give it to you. You got to remember that this is a team that was not just competitive, but improving up until the point when Kirk cousins got hurt. Yep. Right. The defense looked like it was coming together. Mm-hmm. That you were you were getting pressure on the quarterback, you were stopping the run. Your young corners looked like they were figuring it out. You have two, or two really good and improving young safeties. Josh Metellus and Cam Bynum are legitimately good, and they're getting better. Byron Murphy's going to be 26 years old this year, and he's under contract for the next four years. Right? That those those are three really strong pieces in the secondary. You probably need one more corner to be, you know, to top line that, and then you've got the rest of the guys for depth. Mikai Blackman might be that guy because he looked really good this year when he was healthy. You've got you, you've got some some young pieces at linebacker that I think can be pretty good defensively that are going to grow. You probably need a couple more again just for depth, and you need to figure out the kind of the front line and the edge rushers there. That's that's your priority defensively. But often, boy, it sounds like a lot. Go ahead, Zach. <laughs> As I say, the problem is. It's it's a quarterback league. Well, I'm, I'm getting to that. I'm getting to the offense yeah, here. Yeah, but until you answer that question, 
right? I mean, I right? and even if the, even if the answer is Kirk, right? Like I, then then fine, then we know. But like if you're going into the draft and you're gonna take someone, and you're gonna, you know, hope that Penix works out or McCarthy or whatever, whoever it is. Like I think that's the hard part to be optimistic right now. And and I get that. I understand, right? I think that that where it where it comes down to for me quarterback wise and 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 for the rest of this right nose tackle edge rusher uh, the 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 three technique you know the the those important pieces that are important pieces right the the way free agency and the NFL draft shakes out this year right there are strong classes that fill those needs specifically for the Vikings yeah. Now, now, maybe you re-sign Kirk, sure, right? Maybe, maybe that's what you do short-term at the quarterback position. Maybe you trade up and you take Jaden Daniels, which would be what I would do, because I think that he's probably the best fit for this offense. Maybe it's J.J. McCarthy, right? Maybe. I'm, I'm just you – know, throw those out there. Either way – call you him J.J. McCarthy in the world. I've uh, been hearing think, that's his nickname. I don't but, here's, but here's the thing, right? Whatever your plan is at quarterback, be patient. There, there's going to be a temptation, I think, to to rush this thing. You look at the success in Green Bay. You look at the success in Detroit, right? We're not going to talk about success in Chicago because all Chicago is is potential at this point, and I don't trust Chicago to do anything right. The 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 through line between Green Bay and Detroit that you need to remember is that both of these are completing processes, right? Jordan Love started his first year this year after sitting. Detroit just came through a 60-year rebuild. All right? (laughs) It's important to remember these facts. That's fair. Okay? And this was a team that, even despite their injuries, was competitive in in, in the playoff race until week 17. The wheels came off. I'm not going to deny that. But even despite the injuries, you were competitive, right? Yeah. The pieces offensively, offensively, minus the quarterback, and I think you need a running back. But minus those two, I think you're in a good shape. Yeah. You've got an elite wide receiver in Justin Jefferson who For is now. going to sign this offseason. And you need to pay him, yeah. The, you have Jordan Addison who looks really good as a second wide receiver. You have TJ Hawkinson who, when he comes back, I don't know what he's going to look like after an ACL, but for – Talent-wise, we know he's really good. You've got a franchise left tackle. You've got a very good right tackle. Dalton Reisner didn't give up a sack in the games that he started for Minnesota this year at left guard. Ed Ed Ingram looked better throughout the year this year. He got better and better as the year went. Consistency and patience are key when building a franchise, and it feels like the Vikings get that. It's just going to be a matter of how they answer these questions. And the other thing that I want fans to remember is this, because I know we got this, a lot of Vikings. This, this is a long, this is a long rant you've got here. All right, I'm keep sorry. going. I've been thinking about this a lot because I, all I see is negativity, but it's important to remember this. You don't have to fix everything in one off season. That is true. I agree with that. It, you don't have to fix everything. You have to fix enough to stay competitive. Answer the quarterback question. Get Justin Jefferson paid. Fix the defensive line. Get those three things done this offseason and everything else is gravy. We can answer the rest of those questions in years to come, but that's your priority. It's a list of three things. That's it. That's all you have to do this offseason. 
You're a competitive team. You won 13 games a year ago, and you only lost two games by more than one score this uh, this season. All right? You're a competitive squad. Act like it. That's all I got to say. Thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, wow. That was a bold, re- that was a retort I'll, from I'll Rhino on this. that one. I, you can, if you, that's fine if you want to preach patience, and this is going to take a couple years. But then, I, to me, that says I'm not optimistic right now about right now. I It's going to take a couple of years. No, I, I'm fine. saying it's going, to take, like, it's going to take a couple of years to fill all of the needs, but a lot of those needs are depth. They're not starting needs. Fair enough. Fair enough. I, I keep it. We're going to keep it posted on that. That's good stuff. AFC predictions. Let's do that real fast. Cause then we got dad talk. We're running behind here. Holy Jesus. We got an hour out of six football games this week. How did we do that? Um, Houston. Professionals. Yes. Houston, <laughs> Zach Houston to Houston to Baltimore this week. Impressive CJ Stroud, but now they're against Baltimore. What do we got? I'm going to take Baltimore this week, but I think this game has a shot at an upset. Right? If I if I yeah. was a if I was a betting man in, in Vegas this past weekend, this might be the one that I had a wager on for next weekend. Maybe a shekel or two would have gone on the Texans perhaps a for this one. Buck. A sawbuck, if you will. <laughs> what, what, is a sawbuck? <laughs> what is a sawbuck? What is a yeah, is that a I think it's a 10. I think it might be a 10. A saw buck. Yeah, I think that is a 10. I have to look that up to be sure here on that one. Saw buck. I was going to, I like shekel. I always go back to that one, but uh, let's see. It's a 10. Old fashioned $10 bill is a saw buck. There you go. Nicely done. Ryan, do you have Baltimore as well, or are you going to go with the upset? See, this is an interesting one to me because I feel like Baltimore struggles with explosive teams at times. Uh, just because I think late in the game they can they can loosen their grip defensively. And that's where I think the upset potential comes. I just don't trust Houston's defense. Uh, I still think they're too young. I don't think they're disciplined enough to play against a team like, uh, uh, like Baltimore and play it well. I'm going to take Baltimore here, but I, I'm with Zach. I think this is on upset watch, but I don't believe it's going to happen. Is this, is this the Saturday or the Sunday game? I believe this is the Saturday. Your Saturday afternoon. I okay. I think yeah, this is the the first game out. The first yeah. uh the first game. So yes, that's what this is. Yep, first playoff game. This is 3:30 Eastern. So 3:30 uh, our time it looks like January on Saturday. Yeah, it looks Texas like they moved the snow to Friday there, so it should be fine on Saturday. It'll be cold, yeah, can, but Yeah. And it should be an interesting game. Now, Lamar does have something to prove. Like to me he does have to win the, this playoff game. This is a must win. This is, I don't want to say this is everything on Lamar, but we talked about this last week with Dak. You, until you have playoff success, like real playoff success, I think it's okay to question your ability to win big football games. Like Dak has now got to go through another year where he has to answer for not coming up big in a playoff game. Lamar hasn't come up big in playoff games either. So like until he does, I don't think it's a slam dunk. Right, I I don't think it's easy to say that he can win this game. Yeah, I'll take. Didn't he? Didn't he have a good game and they won a playoff game? They won a playoff game against Tennessee a few years back in like a wild card round. And he looked good in that, but other than that, he's not been good. Yeah, when it comes to big time games, especially home games when they're supposed to win, like they've been home field advantage type stuff a few times, and they haven't been able to come up big and win these games. 
So even though they're the most dominant team in the AFC and they have been all season, I don't think it's a cinch that they win this game unless this is just a different Lamar. And we'll see if it is. And if it is, great. It's then then, you know, forget I said that, but I still think you have to prove it. And I'll take Baltimore, but I'm with you here. I think Houston can win this game. I do. Uh, Kansas City, Buffalo. It's a night game on Sunday night, which is interesting to me, that they're going to get the night game when it's going to be cold as balls. Uh, like It's like a, it's like a ah, 5 o'clock start, 5.30 start. Uh, Bills, Chiefs. Uh, Patrick Mahomes finally goes on the road, Zach, for a playoff game. He's never done it. Do Can he win it, or is it Josh Allen time? Um, well, they actually, they worked, it works out okay. Weather-wise that it's Sunday night, not set because Saturday is supposed to be snowy again there. Oh, really? Yeah. I think it's supposed to snow like basically now through Saturday. Wow. Um, but then pull up, I'll, I'll say this. I am going to take Kansas city in the upset. Ooh. I think that there's going to be a lot of pressure on Buffalo now. Right, they've they've pulled this thing out to the two seed. Um, they've been playing must win games for a long time now yes. this season. Um, and you know the 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 problem might be that Josh Allen pops up again and he throws those interceptions or he turns it over or something. You know, and he is running the ball now more, which they find that they kind of took the leash off there. I think a little bit, but I you know. Much like the Cowboys have struggled with Green Bay, Buffalo has struggled with Kansas City. And so here's kind of a prove-it game for them, like, right? There are no more excuses, right? You got the game at home, so you better win it this time. So I'm going to take Kansas City. I don't think they're going to do it. Kansas City in the upset. Rhino. This one's tough for me just because I don't know what Buffalo team we're going to get, and I don't know what Kansas City team we're going to get. Um. Kansas City has been so up and down this year, offensively especially, that if Buffalo jumps out, I don't know if Kansas City can keep up, which feels weird to say about Kansas City. Um, I think for me it comes down to who runs the ball better, who can control the clock. And right now I think that's the Buffalo Bills. Um, James Cook's been playing really well. That offensive line's moving people. Uh and I don't trust Kansas City's defense to to hold them together. So I'm going to take Buffalo. Uh, yeah, I, I, w- I took last, last week during our poker game with the guys over there with Jesse and Bob and all the guys, I took Kansas City to maybe, maybe even beat the upset on Baltimore in two weeks, uh, only because I think Kansas City's kind of built for this, right? They've got the experienced playoff coach. They've got the winning quarterback. They played a. They seemed way more comfortable in the cold settings. Like they did not seem bothered by the conditions at all. Uh, Mahomes threw the ball brilliantly in pretty cold conditions. Rice had his best game. Pacheco runs mean in these conditions. Like he was just running fast and hard and just scaring the defense. I just think they're built for this. So I'm going to take Kansas City to pull the upset too, just because. I think that the cha- it's kind of the Ric Flair, you know, to beat a man, you got to beat the man. And right now they're the best team. So until somebody knocks out the champ, this is how you got to take it, I think. So I'll take Kansas City. 
Speaking of Flair, he didn't look too great on TV this weekend. I saw that. He's got to get off TV. Like, somebody's got to pull him aside and say, hey, guy, you know, it's over. Like, it's okay. He'll never, he'll never do that. No, he never will because he doesn't want to give up the spotlight and the right. limelight, and he yeah. wants to be the Nate forever, and it's like, hey, guy, you know, you're not the Nate. You, you know, you're 70-something years old. Like, just. And it's a rough thing. It's yeah, it's a yeah, like you're like 30 miles of bad road and you know you're peddling energy drinks and it's like just just seriously go have a Mai Tai somewhere, go play some golf, like get out of here. Like don't the body do isn't this. what it used to be. You're not the nature anymore, man. Just stop, stop, stop. God damn. You know, it's like you're not you just I he wants so badly to be the guy he was in the 80s, and it's just so sad to watch. Don't do it. It's okay, Rick. I still loved you in the 92 Royal Rumble. Still one of the greatest things I've ever seen in my life. Anyway, fair to flair. Um, dad talk. Let's do it. That's the football preview pod. Now time for your favorite segment of this podcast. It is just growing in popularity. Time for dad talk. Um, Ryan, you've got a big dad. You got a kidless vacation coming your way. Zach, you just went on a little mini kidless vacation. Uh, I'll start with the one who went on the kidless vacation, uh, getting away for a couple days, avoiding the cold. You feel refreshed? Um, yeah, I mean, it was it was nice to get away. Um, it was a quick trip in and out. We kind of discussed it, like on the way home. Like, would you have done another day, or was this enough? Um, and we decided that it was probably enough for what we did. But if we had done like a show or had a little more stuff planned we probably would have wanted some more time um but it went well uh, i'll be honest we got out there we went out to breakfast and caitlin went and napped for like three hours <laughs> um and and part of that was you know we were at the airport at 4 a.m yeah it's a long it's a tough um, flight it's three hours you know I, also, I mean, can you out. We, we did not have a great night of sleep the night before um our our bed fell apart basically Oh my God! Um, what did you guys do to that thing? Yeah, yeah what were you doing, Jesus yeah, Christ? No, this, like is not a, Vegas. this is not a break here. We're we're in. We, <laughs> it it broke. It broke a while ago. Okay, um, it's it's an older bed, right? It's like fifteen years old. Um, so I went in and put some supports on the edge. Um, and it fine now the middle gave out, right? Because the edges were supported much better. The weight went to the middle, and right there it. They're broke. It was like a wooden frame. Yep. The feet weren't installed all the way or they had, you know, when you move a wooden bed frame four or five times from different houses, the integrity gets challenged. So anyway, we're, we're in bed at like 1130 that night. Like I'm asleep and the, the fucking thing collapses. (laughs) Right. So if you've had the dream of falling, right. You know how you jolt awake. Like, but this was real. Like we, we really <laughs> fell and boom. <clears throat> and so we just kind of looked at each other and like we, we lifted up the frame and went shit and just like, well, I'm going to the couch. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so she slept when we got there. Um, but it was nice. Like, right. We, I still got plenty of time to do everything you want. Yeah. Um, when I slept, I slept hard. Right. Nobody interrupted your sleep in the middle of the night because they wanted a drink or, you know, <laughs> something like that. Um, and, and ironically enough, we got back. So we got back last night 
and we had ordered a new frame and it had arrived, but like we didn't have time to, we kind of looked at each other, right? We got home. It was like nine o'clock. We're like, let's do this tomorrow. So <laughs> go to sleep. And uh, Huck did though, wake me up at about 1030. Um, <laughs> and I think he was surprised then that it was me that was there and not his grandma who was watching him. Um, when he walked into the bedroom and the, so, yeah, it was kind of funny. We, uh, I, I ended up in Carter's room last night, uh, cause he wasn't here. He was at his mom. So, but yeah, overall, like trip was great. Um, kidless is, is, um, a break, you know, but you come right back and, and I'll be honest, like Gary was super excited to see me in the morning. He was very, um, lots of hugs all day today while we were home. So he, he was definitely happy to have us back. You got to have that little break in the action for everybody, right? They got to miss you too. That's part of it. Was there a little part of you that while you were in Vegas, you didn't think about the bed and then you came home and went, damn it. I forgot we broke the bed before we left. Uh, or was that sitting on your mind kind of there? The whole I time? didn't, I didn't worry about it, but like when we went down to the couches that night, um, Caitlin's like, I'm gonna go sleep on the sectional. I'm like, all right, I'll sleep in the other living room. And she immediately went online and like ordered a frame. Like she did not go to bed until <laughs> she didn't screw around. Yeah. Cause she wanted it there when we got home so we could deal with it. And, um, so it, it wasn't on my mind too much. Um, and when we, we did, I think we talked about this before Vegas, we went his and hers queen size beds. Yeah. Um, which was fine. Cause I, you know, she, she would go back to the room earlier than I did and I'd stay out for a while and then come back and just kind of collapse on my own. So, that's it, it's kind of the it's kind of the married couple thing. Like you got to get. I'm told, like they talk about uh, sleep divorces. You know, that's what they uh, they say that at some point to keep your marriage happy, Rhino. Uh, separate rooms, not just separate blankets, separate beds. They've talked about separate rooms. I think that seems like your, it. I think having your own space is not a bad thing, but I like sleeping with my wife. Yeah, I'm, I'm, we're fine. Like with the same bed kind of stuff. Like that's, but um. It was kind of nice, like, you know, just to be able to starfish it on that bed <laughs> while on vacation. <laughs> That's not bad. Right. And, and yeah. right. I mean, the two nights that we were there, I definitely had a few drinks. So that was kind of nice, too, to just basically fall into bed and be like, yep, I'm out. Ryan, you're going on a kidless trip. Is this your first one coming up? Um. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, well, no, we went to the Dells last year. Uh, I forgot. But this is like a pretty extensive, like you're getting out of town, like not just driving a couple hours away. Like you are leaving town for, you can't just get home right away. That kind of thing. Right. I am booking a flight tomorrow uh, to uh, Playa del Carmen. So uh, I cannot wait. Um, We get a, uh, we got the, the really nice suite adults only all inclusive. Um, there's a pool just outside of our window. Um, it's going to be sweet. Swim up bar. Food's all included. Um, Bathing I can't optional? Wait. Uh, well, you know, <clears throat> without getting into too many details. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> every Brad, part of me. Staring out his window the whole trip. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what I'm gonna say is, oh, just just looking at the beautiful waves out there. It uh, looks like something out there, and it? it's great. Uh, Tucker Carlson talked about how you need to sun your balls as a man. Uh, 
I'm going to be putting that one to the test. Um, <laughs> we're going to see what the benefits are of that. Uh, so you you've got a you've got a big you know month and a half in here head with vacation to Vegas and then or vacation to Mexico and then coaches clinic in Vegas coming up in early March. Wow! Yeah, yeah. Look, how are you uh, gonna pull that off? Well, I'm not because it's the middle of speech season and I'm already missing my one allotted tournament. Uh, and two, uh, my wife already said no. <laughs> well, hold on, hold uh, on. The, the tournament is on a Saturday, correct? Yeah. Well, the coaches clinic runs Thursday, Friday, Saturday, so you could at least get half of it in. There, that's that's very true. Leave on a Wednesday night. Uh, you you know get the red eye out there and get it done for a couple of days. I'm already missing a week of work, man. Like I'm Learn, learning all about the you know the four two five blitz packages. I say learning missing it, Bob. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's true too. Yes, that's I, fair. I. uh I just don't, I don't know that I want to leave during speech season again. I, yeah. I hate, I hate missing tournaments. Uh, I missed one last year. It was the first one I missed in 10 years. I'm not happy that I'm missing one for a, even though it's for a vacation, I'm not thrilled that I'm missing a speech tournament. Uh, I yeah, kind of about- like uh, Lauren kind of just forced, just said it's happening. Just said, you know what, pal, deal with it. You're going not even yeah. a negotiation. Yeah, I asked her if we could go in April, and she said, "No, I want to go in February." Could you imagine Caitlin going to Zach? Hey, I don't give a shit. You're you're missing that football game on Friday. We're oh. going to Vegas, so bro. We, we have had up until this year, um, basically like a one week window to go on vacation because I would go from football right into her hockey season. Right. And then hockey would end and we'd have about two weeks maybe till um, softball started. So we used to have to vacation like mid-February. That that was our only shot. Yeah. And then you get into summer and we're, and we're just so booked in the summer between my coaching. Um, you know, the boys are in sports now. Uh, you know, the older kids were doing stuff like they're just we just were too booked. So. Um, this year was kind of nice. She did not coach hockey, so we had more flexibility in that. Um, but it—I mean, it's hard too. Like when you're, you know, you guys get it. Like if you're coaching a, a varsity sport or activity. Like it—it's a little different than if you're, you know, the ninth grade coach, right? The ninth grade yeah. coach can miss for something, but the varsity coach can't. You know, and no, that was—we right. had a discussion about that where there was a another school in our conference where the head softball coach missed a game because they went out of town. And I'm like, I can't imagine doing No, that. no, I can't do that either. I know there are some coaches that coach speech that are just like, they're splitting time with the head, with the other coaches. Like, Hey, it's your weekend, you know, and they go to maybe four of the tournaments out of the, whatever, while the other coaches do it. And I'm just like, I can't do it, man. I got to be the first guy on the bus every morning. Like that's, that's just the way this goes. Yeah. Like, I, I feel committed I can't to ask that. kids to come every weekend and then not go myself. I agree. Yeah, my I I rearranged the um, softball schedule the year my brother was supposed to get married, um, and then that all got delayed. With the first, I mean, my brother's wedding got delayed for COVID once, and then um, his girlfriend was pregnant, or it might have gone the other way, right? His girlfriend might have got pregnant and was like due like the weekend of the wedding, so they postponed, and then COVID hit and they postponed again, so. But I, I rearranged my softball schedule to make sure I was off for that weekend. Yeah. Um, but like I, I missed uh, one of my cousin's weddings 
because like we had softball scheduled, you know, and if you're coaching, you can't like, I mean, it was, and it was like the worst weekend, right? It was like the weekend before the playoffs. So in softball, everything gets pushed back to the last possible date yeah. because of weather. Because sometimes you start late and yeah. sometimes, you know, you got to plan for all um, that stuff. Yeah. And like some, somebody one time, you may be like, oh, uh, you know, like, like we got invited to a wedding that was like a Friday in the fall. And I'm like, who gets married during high school football season yeah. on a Friday night? <laughs> It's that's an almost an act of violence is what it is. Yeah. That's that's like a that's a hostile gesture. We would call that's, that. That's how I feel about people, about people who get married on Saturdays in college football season is I what are you doing? Well, that's what I see. So you expect me not to watch the game at your wedding? I <laughs> with uh, Ohio State and Penn State are playing tonight, man. I you know, just talking about weddings and stuff like that's, you know, that's part of the reason why I suggested we go to the uh, football clinic in in Vegas because Coach Russin is getting is engaged now, um, so I was like, well, we can so we can, we won't be the official bachelor party, but it's like a walkthrough, right? Yeah. Walkthrough, <laughs> walkthrough for the official bachelor party, like gotta, yes, it's like a like your bird dog in the place. You, know, you just want to you got to practice. Yeah, so uh, I don't know. There there seemed to be a little bit of steam at the uh, meeting tonight that maybe some guys will go out for it. Um, but the thing is like, so when you register for the, these coaching clinics, like if you register for the one clinic, you're registered for all of them across the United States. Oh, really? So it doesn't cost us any more in terms of like clinic to go there, you know? And in the past, the booster club has paid for a hotel room, you know, at those clinics or whatever for the coaches to stay. Well, it's probably cheaper for a hotel room in Vegas than it is at the Marriott in Minneapolis. That's probably true. You know, so if we're flying out our on our own dime and the hotel room is paid for and the clinic isn't anymore, right? Like, it seems to make sense. It feels like a perfect plan. Yeah, I agree. Could we call this bachelor party install? Like, is this what, is that what we're yeah, doing? Like right, the installing yeah. of the, uh, <laughs> yep. the, the basic packages, you know, we want to make sure that everybody understands what we're doing here. So this real base. This is a real base bachelor party formation we're going to do here. I, I think it's a great idea. I love it. Uh, Ryan, you ever been out of the country? Is this your first time out? Yeah, I've never been out, out of the country. I uh, had to get my passport for the first time. What um, a pain in the ass that is, huh? Because I'm going to Canada you know, for the first time ever. And yeah, I'll tell you, I, it, it wasn't really a pain in the ass. It cost more than I wanted it to cost. Costs a lot. Yeah, it costs more. Uh, than, it, should, it feels like it costs more than it should. Yeah, uh, I pay a lot in taxes every year. I don't feel like I should be paying four hundred dollars for a passport. Um, I think it was actually like three, but it, either way, um, that seems the, the, crazy high. That seemed we, way high, didn't it? I feel pay, like I spent like one hundred fifty or something. We had to pay for expedited. Um, oh, ex- okay. There you go. There's your cost. So the uh, but the thing is, I sent my docs in. I got it back in a week. Uh, it was fast. Took two months because uh, we didn't do the expedited. We waited the full like six to eight weeks for ours because I think that's why it was a little cheaper. Lauren was just doing a renewal and it took hers took I think three four weeks. Mine took a week to get the new one, which I thought was bananas. Hmm. But I'm excited. It was it was good to get. And now I have it and I want to use it all the time. So we're talking about taking a trip to Europe in the next couple of years. On a scale of one to ten, oh. how drunk will you be? Uh, fifteen. <laughs> um. I'm going to have to lock my phone up. <laughs> yeah. No wow. drunk uh, Twittering. No drunk. Uh, no, no, no drunk tweeting. I just, uh, I just don't want any selfies when you're at that pool. 
Yeah, no selfies. Yeah, absolutely no selfies. I'm going to uh, send you the daily journal of what Ryan's nuts are doing in the sunlight. No, uh, none of that. None of that. And the fact that Tucker Carlson's giving you vacation advice and you're listening to it is is very questionable. I, I have to say, this is a disgrace on your part. Well, I apologize. I don't even want like... I, I don't even know if I can handle more than like one or two of those shots where it's, you know, the ladies do this all the time where it's just a shot of their feet and then the outside, you know, view like, oh, look what I'm looking at. Like, you know, great. That's, uh, I, I listen, no, you only get maybe one of those, Ryan. I don't, uh, I'm not interested in seeing like a hundred of those. Let's be real clear about that. Let's have some rules. Let's have some decorum is all I'm asking for. All right, gentlemen. We did it again. Another week, another pod in the books. You guys are the best. You know that. Uh, again, if you want to go back and listen to the archive, we did Space Jam on Peak Cinema last week, so go ahead and take a gander at that. Uh, we would appreciate that. Allison was here last week as well, chatting it up with us. Of course, we did the Quad Pod last week where we previewed all this stuff. Uh, we'll get Ty back on the pod here uh, shortly as well. We've got a lot going on, so we want to appreciate you listening here. As always, you can find us the entire archive at timpodcast.podbean.com. Please go ahead and take a look at that. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you name it, wherever you get your podcast, that's where we're going to be. So go ahead, subscribe to us, like, leave a comment, tell a friend. We'd appreciate that. Uh, for Ryan, for Zach, this is Tim saying, hey, keep your head up, and we'll see you.